Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels, along with Bill Sims, CEO and President of Accent Wire. And today is Friday, August the 21st, 2015. We are talking about Chapter 1, which was uh, submitted about a week ago. We're talking about some changes. And we're talking about uh, Bill's story and the fact that the path wasn't quite as direct as I made it sound in in that chapter. So go for it, Bill. Oh, all right. Um, Yeah, so... In you know, I graduated from A and M in nineteen ninety. And then I worked for a couple three years on drilling rigs, as you as you know. Um I went back to graduate school and got a master's in environmental engineering. Um I took that and worked at um Department of Energy sites over in Virginia, well, South Carolina primarily, based out of Virginia though. And then once my father wanted to start the um the manufacturing side of accent, um, you know, engineering degrees. It just made sense that um, he'd ping me. I was, I was frankly a little dissatisfied for whatever reason with um, what I was doing at the time. Anyway, so it was just it was a good timing thing. Um, and you're you're exactly right. I, I it was something that I um, that I really had not given a whole lot of thought of in joining accent. Like you you touched on that. One thing, he, my father formed Accent in 86, 87, when I was a freshman and sophomore in college. Mm, so it, okay. it wasn't it wasn't as a boy, it was just kind of, but, you know, it was always, during my college years, it was there. Um, but if you went away to college, then you didn't have a whole lot of involvement unless you worked there during the summers. Which I, which I did not, and so you're okay. right. Okay, okay, okay. Now, here's the thing. I think we certainly should put in there that you got a master's degree. Um, I know Texas A&M for your undergrad. Where did you get the master's degree? (laughs) Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Okay, great. So we can definitely put that in there, you know, and we can kind of detail the fact that it was kind of a a path here and there, and you know, which is typical for people when they're in their 20s. They're kind of finding their footing and everything. What I wanted to do with this... And, you know, and remember, Bill, it's always your book. You get to have it the way you want it, is that I wanted it to be kind of like a quick path. I wanted it to be a, you know, because we will be going into your background in other places, but I really wanted to kind of dive right in rather than make it sound like a bio. No, and I I completely agree with that because I'm sure, you know, I'm – it's going to bore people to tears if um you know they're reading a, a biography of me. Um, the um, I, I think also what you were kind of 
well, not kind of what you mentioned in there was it was was very relevant in that first part of the story. Is um, you know, I I, I got two engineering degrees. Um, I was a project manager on a energy site, um, decommissioning uh, nuclear weapon facilities for the Department of Energy. I worked on you know drilling rigs for and you know kind of a field engineer for uh, Baker Hughes. So you know good education, uh, pretty good responsible jobs, and they, they they in no way prepared me for what I needed to know um, right. to run a business. So, I mean, that, that to me, that's kind of where you're, that's that's kind of the, the message, and I, I think it's delivered just in a little different way um, on yours. But So you yeah, want I mean, me to be a little bit more specific about, like, the, the skill sets that you were gaining in the work world that were not, not, what you were going to need coming up for Accent Wire? Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about the skill sets, but just the fact that, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, but when I, when I formed the company that we currently run, I, you know, I, I had two college degrees, um, you know, I had worked in industry for four or five years combined, and and really didn't have any kind of um, background or really the, like you said, the skill set you, you need to run a business. Um, and it was wasn't really until you know you kind of sink or swim that you you know I I had to um and, you know it's funny like like I've told you before it wasn't like you know I had time to go back and get an MBA or or we could we'd hire somebody you know you, I just had to p- cobble it all together through just a bunch of you know it was over years and years but you know study and and various other ways. Trial um, and error. Yep, trial and error. Trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, okay. Well, we we can, you know, kind of um, expand on that a little bit more that, you know, you had two college degrees, that you had some pretty responsible jobs. I mean, we can kind of beef that up a little bit more. No and again, I, that's, that. not, that's not, I'm not, I don't think that's really interesting in, in just about me. I think what's interesting about it is, um, you know, I see Any, it anybody. as relating to the reader, you know. Exactly. Any, that's right. Exactly. Anybody could um could have done you know had a you know marketing manager or some position, but you know it doesn't really know mean that you're you know ready to you know take another step and and take that promotion that's going to put you in charge of a business or step out and start your own business. Right. Particularly right. when you start your own business, because you generally don't have an HR department, you don't have an accounting department, you, you don't have, you know. You're wearing all the hats. Yep, exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. So when your dad hired you, he wanted you to start the manufacturing piece, which, at least right now, you've told me is about twelve percent of your sales come from the products you manufacture. The rest is more kind of a distributorship. That's that's correct, Denise. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Well, we can certainly beef that up, and and I understand it's not like it's not like an ego thing. It's like connecting with the reader. I get yes. it. Yes. Um, yeah. To mainly just say, you know, like I said, I I, I had some what I, what I would call pretty solid education experience, and I'm sure other people do. And but you know, it's 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 interesting that doesn't necessarily. And like I've told you before, I've I've got. I've got really qualified people. As we've kind of morphed this into not just 
an entrepreneurial book, but just a um, somebody who, you know, like I said, I, you know, this book's also for the guy that we have out in the plant that, um, you know, we wanted to step up and have him manage his business from a larger scale, but just because he's not being able to read a P&L and not having the skill sets that you need, um, you know, he kind of kind of got promoted up and then kind of got promoted down. Um, you know, I've got somebody who else is responsible for a P&L over in the UK. We've talked about her, but she, she, mm-hmm. a lot of these skill sets she doesn't have. Um, so, it, like I said, when we talked last time, one of the things, um, it's, all, it's for entrepreneurs, but also for people who, you know, are being given an opportunity maybe in their career to... Um, To, to transcend and maybe run a business or run a P&O or run a business unit for their end. You know, it's funny because people, I, I see it all the time with competitors. I, I, I've i seen in our main competitor, I've seen guys who were, came from the operations, from the accounting and from the sales side uh, get rolled into leading the main company we compete with. And, um, you know, I, I'm certain that, you know, those people when they – um. Sit, you know, sit in that seat. I've got the same kind of you know blind spots. As, frankly, I did when I joined. Um, mm-hmm. And frankly, some of my people we promoted to take over businesses still have. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Good. All right. So, what else? What else do we need to do to make you feel great about this first chapter? Um, I like the um. So all that kind of goes into, you know, one day I walked through the familiar doors with a deep breath. I mean, like, you know, they weren't, you know, it's, it was kind of a I have no idea if you took a deep breath or not. I just, you know, <laughs> but they, were, they weren't even, they weren't familiar, to, you know, because, you know, it'd be one of those things I didn't grow up as a boy. My son would be totally different. It's very interesting. My, my little boy, who's nine, you know, dreams of working over here and, you know, works in the shop cleaning up and boxing nails and stuff. So, I mean, um, and, you know, I think it's my realization that I needed to know all of these things, vendor relationships, general management skills, operations, administrations, logistics, purchasing, purchasing, all that stuff. It kind of came gradually because, you know, right. as, as I grew into the job and the position and took on more and more, I had to get versed or competent in more and more of these things. But, you know, it's interesting when you um, – and I had a, a bit of a, an advantage, frankly, because I wasn't doing a greenfield startup on the company, right? Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I like the um, – I mean, this is essentially – I think this is essentially the – you know, I think you allude to it. This is essentially the table of contents. Which um thank you very much. You good. know this just <laughs> yep. um the um let's see here. I like the part I, I've added. I started to add something in the accounting part, but I, I like that um. What page are you on? Page three. Page three. Okay, I'm on two. Let me just scroll up a little bit here. Put my phone down. I can use both hands. Okay. All right. Where are you at? Um, yeah, I, I, 
at some stage you'll work with an accountant to crunch numbers. Um, but that, I don't recall going through, but I like this. Um, you've got to know if he's, you know, frankly, one of the things is I've, I've had accountants um, inside the company and outside the company make mistakes big and small. And so if, if you don't, you know, you don't have to be an accountant, but you ought to, some, it's funny, the person inside the business should know if the numbers make sense, and you're 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 kind of more the BS checker than the accountant, right? Um, <laughs> right. And you know, because you know, they may they may be you know, but if somebody fat fingers number or does something wrong, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty quick if you if you know what the business is doing and what it's supposed to be, you know, how the numbers are supposed to turn in if something was done wrong. Um, I like what the financials mean, what they indicate about the direction of business, and I, I think also, you know. Um, what you need to or can do to change that, and you know. Um, oh, you want me to add something about what you can do to change it? I've, 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 I think that was the first area where I started typing, so I've got some of that track changed. So I'll just okay. send it to you. All right, I'll, I'll um, send it to me. Um, do you like that I use the word juggernaut? I don't think I've ever used that word before. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Down, down a couple paragraphs. Right, yep, the hundred twenty million dollar juggernaut. Um, let's see here. I certainly still more than a few times. Since coming on board, uh, came in in ninety six, not ninety five. Um, that's on page three. Yes. Okay. I changed that. Okay. I like the. Um, I, I love the typing invoice at the kitchen table story. Yeah, well, you, you've told me that one twice now, so that's, yep. you know, that's pretty, you know, stayed with you, you know. Um, it's kind of the fourth time I read through this, so I'm pretty familiar with most of this. Um, I think I like four. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I think, like I said, the second half, starting here, I, I guess the, I'm just not a, I'm kind of a, I'm an engineer, I'm a little bit more of a, of a numbers guy, and, um, you know, so I'm, I'm not a, um, you know, I loved working in California, but, I, you know, it was, I wasn't a, a beach bomb or a cert. So, I mean, that that whole start kind of came off, didn't, didn't really ring true to me. Um, okay. And so that, and then off, also when we um, uh, kind of not growing up with the company as a little boy, you know, so that, that first page or two just, Knowing now, like I said, that I took a little different path, and I think the point of that story ought to be, you know, I've, I had pretty good experience and education, and you probably do too, and and none of it was, you know, none of well, it was. Well, I think I think one of the things that 
comes across real clear, and we can make it come across as even clearer, is you were no slouch. I mean, it wasn't like Dad was saying, come work at the company because he felt sorry for you. Agreed. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing, I think raising capital and knowing where you need it probably needs to be Chapter 2 after planning and putting putting together a strategic business plan. Okay. Um, Kind of in in the the order of... um, Right. In in the order of things. You see that as Chapter 2 after... After planning and putting together a strategic business plan. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll move that right now. That's moved. I'll move it on the outline later on. Okay. Okay. What else? No, I think that's it for now, Denise. Um, okay. I need to, like I said, I'll, I'll go through it again and start to, you know, put a, like I said, I, I kind of started this in two different things. I did it on the airplane while I was over in the UK and then then didn't really know I was writing it on the piece of paper and then I've, I kind of tracked changes. And like I said, I just, I didn't know how you wanted to um, uh, go through. And so typically on the next the next uh, meeting, you spend a few minutes going through the changes and then onward? I, I'm sorry, I, you, you kind of like broke up a little bit there. On Typically what you like to do is, is go through any comments or changes in the first 10 minutes of, of the interview from a chapter and then, then go on to the next chapter? Yeah, that's usually okay. that's usually how it ends up working, you know. Um you know, I mean, we've spent a lot more time on that today, but, you know, it's the first chapter. So yeah, exactly. I've that, you know. So, anyway, and, you know, I sort of took, um, I sort of took license with a few things just to, you know, um, move it forward and everything. And, and you know, the corrections are valuable so that I can be kind of put on the straight and narrow, so to speak, and, and get it, get it right and everything. And, um. But I think as we get more into things like business strategy and how to do certain things, it's not as as um, touchy feely as sort of yep. your story. You know what I mean? Yep, agreed. It's more, it's more straightforward. So, you still there? Yep, I'm actually reading a couple other of my notes on business plans. Um, things I'd, I'd put in there also. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Good, good. That sounds good. And there's going to be um, another chapter because I had so many notes from our meeting last couple of <laughs> I'm sure. So, you know, there's going to be another one um, that's like, you know, about the same length on sort of risks and rewards, you know, because we kind of dealt with your story to a certain extent. There'll be more of your story, I'm sure. Um, but there's going to be another story that's more about sort of risks and rewards, you know. So, anyway. Um, let's talk about the rest of the time we have together. Let's talk about your business plan. How does that sound? Sure. 
Okay? All right. So I've got um, in the outline, I've got um, five sort of chapter subheadings there. The first one is you said no. It's, first off, you talked about the importance of it. And you said no plan survives first contact with the enemy. So why don't we start by talking about the importance of your business plan? You know, it's, it's interesting because um, we typically – business plans are kind of funny things. Um, and, that, you know, I, I, I kind of think that um, a lot of times they're, frankly, thought of in the wrong way. I mean, I, I think a business plan is, is more of a, a map or, you know, kind of a – the beginning of a color by numbers type um, thing. Some for your people business. call it a blueprint. Yeah, a blueprint, but I mean, it's it's something that really is is you know you've got to be able to you know adapt it pretty quickly and possibly pretty radically. But if you really don't know um, where you're going, in a general sense, you know you can you, you really you know it's you kind of just can flail along. Um, Generally, I think you you need to know what kind of. Well, I'm sure you know what a wag is, right? A wag. W a g, an acronym. A wild ass guess. Oh, sure, of course, yes. <laughs> uh, we call it being an engineer. We call it a swag, a scientific it's wild ass. Scientific wild ass guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to me, you've got to. Um, all right, so if you're selling a product, you've got to know, you know, what product you're going to sell, right, and what kind of additional type things go along with that, um, how you're going to sell it, either through Internet or sales or distribution. Um, you got to build, um, you know, and frankly, I think one of the best ways to do plans is, um, have you ever, are you familiar with, with, Tony Buzan and mind maps. Yes, yes, uh, I, I am. Personally, I don't love mind maps, but I know a lot of people really love them. And I did a seminar one time twenty something years ago on how to mind map things. Did you really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't conduct the seminar. I just attended a seminar. It was like a half a day on how to how to develop mind maps. You know, it's kind of um, you know, and there, there's a whole lot of theory around and touchy-feely again. Um, but to me, it just it helps you, particularly during the business plan thing. Okay, so sales. What are you going to sell? You just draw another line to products, and then then you kind of – then with that, you can also tie in a, a separate leg or thing about v- vendors, how you're going to go to market. Um, you can do the same thing in an outline. Um but you know, like I said, mind maps really help you as a you know, as as you and your wife or you and your business partner are sitting there kind of planning how you're going to get you know launch a business. Um, it's it's funny because you know, especially as an engineer, you know, you wouldn't think that would be something that appeals to me because um, I'm very left brain and mind maps are a lot more right brain. Um, right. But they really do kind of. It's kind of funny because it's you think you get the same effect when you sit there and just outline it, but um, you know you don't. Um, 
you think that's a good first pass is to develop a mind map? But, you know, you know, I don't know in a book how you kind of touch on that, but I would just say, you know, it might be worth looking at mind maps because to me I find those more, you know, more encompassing, a better way to kind of prime the pump of your thoughts and make sure and, that you... And you can kind of see it visually. You, you, know, you can. Right? Yep. Yep. Right? Correct. Okay. Um, one of the things you kind of touched on, and we have it here in the in the outline, is you said, you know, flexibility. And, of course, that kind of ties into that statement, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, you know. So, um, you know, obviously, especially in the environment we live in now, it's like, you know, we're in this environment of constant change. So are you talking, when you say flexibility, are you talking about having like plan A, plan B, plan C, or contingency plans, or what are you thinking of when you say flexibility? You know, I just don't think you can get too frustrated when everything doesn't go according to plan. Um, Okay. I mean, I've got, you know, we've got... You know, we're trying to sell a certain product, say, in an area, um, and, you know, you plan on having a vendor to be your primary supplier in this region. And, you know, for some reason they can't supply what you needed or um, or they're, they take a price increase that you don't think, you know, that, that kind of collapses your 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 margin calculations and everything. I mean, you know, you got to be able to, you know, so you got to kind of structure what you want to do. I want to sell these products in this city or this area. Um, how are you going to do it? How are you going to go to market? But like I said, you know, half that stuff's going to change. Um, and that's why I think business plans are kind of more just um, roadmaps and better left being not incredibly detailed. Um, you know, banks like business plans, um, and they may they need to be fairly detailed when you're doing a bank presentation. But as a way to run a business, I just I think they're you know they're important to a certain amount. But um, like I said, you you just got really leave a lot of flexibility open. So yeah, I, I'm not. I don't like the idea of you know. This is me, I guess, personally, but I think option one, option two, option three, contingency four, five, six, seven is just a lot of stuff on paper that, you know, um, what, I mean, what I mean by... Like too much hypothetical? Yes. What, I mean, you got to be... You have to think through the hypotheticals, like what are your other options, but, you know, you just... You know, hopefully your plan, um, you know, kind of manifest itself into a success the way you kind of draw it drew it out and yeah it's it's important as you go into the business or something to kind of to kind of think through okay if this happens then what do i do here if this doesn't work out how are we going to address that um but you know those things kind of take care of themselves anyway if something's not working you're going to have to you know um you're going to have to make a change or eventually, um, you know, pull out of market. So it sounds like what you're saying, Bill, is that 
you know, you can waste a lot of time trying to guess what eventualities might be and coming up with plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, all these different possibilities. Um, but very often when things change, it becomes obvious what you need to do next. Obvious or obvious that you have to do something different than what you planned. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe not obvious what you need to do, but obvious that you have to do something different. Right, right. And right. it's, yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, that's, okay. yeah, I don't think I'm articulating the business plan very well today, but <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going okay. to have a challenge on this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, but it'll be all you. <laughs> So anyway, one of the things we have here in the outline, it says, can we get there from here? Can you grow the way you want? Yeah, that kind of comes under the area of um, capitalization. Um, Should that go in the money in the raising capital chapter? Well, you know, it's funny because um, I guess it, you know, it's it's interesting. We're we're looking at bringing on a guy right now who – you know, I, I, I don't want to go into this level of detail in, in the book, but, you know, I've, I've got a $14 million credit line. It's funded up to $11 million right now. Um, I'm, we, we've, we're looking to bring on two folks who are big sellers who represent about $45 million worth of sales. Um, wow. But to, but to do that, um, they're, they're – um, Their customers and the way they, the way you buy a product from China and bring it in and then finally get paid, um, the cash cycle is 120 days. So you got to take that 45 million divided by three. So I need I need 11 to 12 million dollars in capital to um, fund these guys. Mm-hmm. And so it's unless I have a way to get the 11 to 12 million dollars in capital, it's kind of silly to start working on a business plan for 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 Zach and Nate, right? Right. So I mean, this kind of should be in there somewhat, um, and so maybe part of the business plan is is you bring one of the guys on um, in kind of a reduced capacity, maybe not not full twenty million dollars a year, but um, ten million dollars a year of sales, and again to buy that by three in, in this situation, and you know, uh, three to four million dollars of, of working capital is fairly easy to raise. Um, and like I said, I mean, that changes the entire business plan. I mean, bring both guys on at $45 million. You, you, you need to have a way to pay for that or fund it. Right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that when we talked a couple of weeks ago, it's like you want to grow, but can you afford the growth? You know, or, or can you raise the capital for growth? Exactly. So, right. um, I mean, that ought to be in there and then you can go into maybe in that other chapter ways to raise money. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a I mean um I mean if you're looking at doing a, a a business, whether it's a startup or some of these, you know, you see some of these people on Shark Tank, um, you know, they're they're borrowing money from their brothers and they've got all this inventory. I mean all that's all that should have been and maybe it was thought through in the business plan. Um and how can you you know the funding element is an important part of the business, particularly at startup. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stray away from the outline just a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. 
how has how you at Accent Wire use a business plan changed over the years from the time you came on board in 96 to now? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, when we, when I first started, we were just, what we were primarily doing is adding sales people. And that essentially was the business plan, I would say. Um, so flying by the seat of your pants a little bit more. A, a little bit. We would, we would, um, what we were doing was attracting really good sales talent. And, you know, if you brought somebody in and say Florida, we already had vendors in place to, to, but, you know, we would negotiate with the vendors, bring them in, put a warehouse in and away you go. Um, and you know, it's, Cedar pants, maybe it wasn't quite, but it was a little bit cedar pants. Um, you know, and, and frankly, though, a lot of that stuff worked. So, and that's that's kind of why I say, um, you know, our, our now with our company, our stakes are a little higher. Um, there's a lot of more, more a lot more money involved. So, I like to go through and and say, okay, if we if we do this now, um, how much money are we going to need? Um, how much is it going to cost up front? When are you going to get return on it? Um, you know, and can we can we handle it? Meaning, from an administrative standpoint, is it going to take so much work? We're going to have to hire one or two people. Um, mm-hmm. All, that's, but that's a good question because back back in um, '96 that to '97, '98, that was your strategy: add really good salespeople. That essentially, it was, it was to add sales, and I've told you before, Accent's a sales-based company, and so traditionally, our main thing was to, um, you know, bring a, a cadre of, of really high-level, quality industry professionals in, um, and but then as you then as you grow and you have multiple locations and everything, you you start to have more formalized. Um, business plans um and business plans are are, you know i mean we kind of look at them twofold one there's strategic right do we want to launch this product line um do we want to penetrate this market um do we want to look at buying this company uh that buying a company is almost almost more tactical i guess um acquisitions yeah, do we want to, do we want to launch this product and do we want to go into this market? Okay, so how are you going to do it? You you going to hire a person? You're going to do a greenfield startup? Are you going to buy a company? So you've got strategic goals that really were and strategy kind of is more of a one, two, three year longer term type thing. Like, do you want to go to the UK or do we want to enter into Canada? Um, then you kind of plan through you know after you've kind of Throwing the three or four strategic options for your company, you, you guys just you know you decide on two or three of them. Um, Strategies you, get broken down into tactics. Yeah, into tactical planning, and, and tactical planning may mean adding salespeople or bring on additional vendors. Um, frankly, I think um, acquisitions are more tactical than strategic because you know if you, you probably is you know if. If all of a sudden a company down the street that sells um, 
you know, neon signs goes for, and up for sale, um, you know, and you hadn't given any consideration to, you know, getting into signage, it really shouldn't even be an option. Um, if you thought you were going to go into signage, then you think, you know, there's various ways to do it, and then if that guy comes up for sale, then then great. That's you know, you're you're following your strategy. But it's funny because yeah, I I don't think we were. Do you think you're more well organized when it comes to planning now than you were before, or you were you were just as well organized then, but now in very different ways? Or no, we're, we're we're much more organized now with planning, and you know now now we plan almost to we're almost kind of what I was saying you shouldn't do. You know, with two hundred by twenty. We we plan everything, um, right? You know, our, our I I had a feeling that's what you were going to say, but I wanted to hear it from you. You know, yeah, we um so. we 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 currently are on a six year plan in which um we have twelve six month phases, and so we, you know, I don't have planned what is going to happen in you know the second half of two thousand eighteen, but um you know typically what we do is we spend a month or two, kind of pre-planning and planning for the next six months and then execute over the next six months. And then at the end of that, you know, the last two months of that six months, we kind of plan for the next six months. Okay. We we kind of break it up into six-month segments. Um, Okay. So this is stepping backwards a little bit. I'm going to move this up in the the chapter subheadings. But one of the things we have on here is about having a clear vision or mission statement. And you mentioned it briefly before, you know, and one of the things you said a couple of weeks ago is you said, well, mission statements can be kind of silly, you know, but anyway, speak to that a little bit. Well, I, I do think kind of mission statements can be somewhat silly, but, um, you know, a, a company vision and you know this goes a little bit to culture also i think um but you know company vision is important you know we for a long time just wanted to you know we our vision essentially was a sales based organization that was growing in the recycling industry it's kind of a weird vision but i mean you know i i kind of like that more than um you know what you see on the wall when you walk into you know to be a social, you know, you know, everybody's seen the old mission statements that, you know, nobody looks at. Our vision it's kind now of flowery is, and yeah. aspirational and all yeah. that. Yeah. Our vision like now. Like poetry, you know. Yeah. The vision now is really clear. Um, you know, it's it's two hundred by twenty. Two hundred and twenty. Yeah. Um, and part of the two hundred by twenty is to grow sales, profitable sales, and increase this company's communication. So there's three things. It's the, the sales, the EBITDA, or operating margin, and, um, you know, like, like I told you, we stink at communication. I think everybody stinks at communication, and so, um, you know, improve communication. Um, and communication is kind of a buzzword, but um, so that's this company's vision, and now it's, now it's really clear. Is there a mission statement around that? Um, no. You know, should there be? I don't. I don't really. You're if you're gonna have, <laughs> well, if you're going to have a mission statement, it really needs to be relevant and something okay. every person can understand, as opposed to just some kind of, you know, um, flowery thing on the back of a business card. Um, right. 
Right. Right. Um, the last thing we have on the on this um, the chapter subheadings here is it says budgeting, what we want and what happened. Yeah. Um. And I, I, you know, I mean, this means budgeting in with regards to your business, your planning. Yeah, and this, this kind of breaks up a little bit into if you're, if you're, um, kind of depends on if you're working inside a business or if you're starting your own business. A, a budget, budget is kind of a bad word in that whole process because what you typically have when you're a larger company is, is departments go through budgets, they estimate what they're going to need for the next year or two. They may, you know, put their finger on the scale a little bit, um, and then they go to accounting or to the CFO or and argue for that budget. Um, and then, you know, you – and even worse is, let's say you have a budget this year of $100,000 on expenditures for improvement, and you've only spent $40,000. You feel obliged to spend $60,000 because it's in your budget. Otherwise, it's go- otherwise it's gone. You may not get it next year, right? Right. So, so budgets. The other type of budget is, is kind of a you know a sales budget, in which a sales manager sits down with a sales guy and says, you know, last year you sold a hundred thousand dollars. This year I want you to sell one hundred twenty thousand um, dollars. You know, so I, you know, that's essentially budgets, which I think are both both of those exercises are kind of um, pointless. But you know, in GE or, or some other, some other, you know, if you're running, if you're inside a business that does the budgeting process, there's not, it's not a whole lot you can say about it. What I'm talking about budgets is you've got to. Um, this is part of planning. You you got to lay out in year one what are you going to sell and what are you going to buy it for, and what's left over to cover your overhead. And, and um, who you sell it to? Exactly. And and then year two and year three, year four, and you know most people innately, I think, understand that's necessary. Um, but you know, you just kind of you do it and then you track it. And so to me, budgeting is more like um, to be forecast planning um, for for you personally. It needs to be probably very um, realistic as opposed to optimistic. Okay. You know, I think one of the things that um, for people who are not super experienced with business plans is, you know, they know what I'm going to sell. I know who I think, who, you know, I believe I'm going to sell it to. I know what I'm going to charge for it. But, you know, making those projections like one year, three year, five years out, you know, that's sort of like where the wag or the swag comes in, you know, right? So um, speak to that a little bit, or is it just kind of an exercise in crunching numbers just for the sake of it, or how? Well, it it, yeah, it can't be. It can't be because it's funny. Because um, well, let's just say you're you're starting a business and it's starting in you know Las Vegas, and um, you know, selling whatever widgets. Uh, first year you're gonna sell a hundred thousand dollars. You you gotta think through. All right, how you're gonna sell it. Right, on the internet, on a storefront, are you going to have salespeople out there? Are you going to sign up distributors? Um, and in year two, let's say you're if, if you're just putting one hundred fifty thousand dollars as your sales, I mean you you know you, you got to lay out. So part of the strategy is how how are you going to if you want to get to one hundred fifty thousand dollars because that's your break even point. Um, you got to 
think through, is that just going to be increased market penetration through marketing? Um, are you going to go into a different region? Um, are you going to add a salesperson? If you're going to go into a different region, how are you going to do it? Or, you know, is it additional distribution? Is it going to take an extra store? Um, franchisee? I mean, so, you know, you, as you kind of, hopefully your business plan is showing growth, right? But as part of that growth, you need to think through, okay, how am I, you know, how are we going to generate this growth? Um, and then in addition behind that, is your supply chain going to support it? Um, do you have the back office support, administrative support to, to support the growth? Um, are you going to have to add people? Um, do, you have the, do you have the capital to facilitate the growth? And so in a, in a plan, all that kind of can all that can kind of be flushed out. So to me, that's, that's, we're pretty good at that and laying out, you know, our, you know, if we're going to go to, from here to here, how are we going to get there? What are we going to need to do there, get there? What's it going to cost? How much are we going to have to invest? Um, and you know, what's the return? Cause you know, there's no point in doing all this unless you're going to make some kind of return. But for the new guy, who's just doing this, and he was an engineer like you or a computer IT person or, you know, something like that. How do they dive into that? That's a good question. I mean, it's because, you know, it's it's hard. I'm sitting here looking at my father's initial one that he did in 1986 um, because he was a sales guy and did this exact thing. Um, I mean, essentially what you've got to do is – You've got to estimate what you're going to be selling, right? Whether it's you know, a hundred thousand, like you said, or yeah, on, on, and so, I mean, each one of those things sets up a number of questions, or each one of those figures sets up a number of questions for your business plans. Um, okay, a hundred thousand dollars—is that just a number on a piece of paper? Maybe, but you know, okay. So, how would you sell a hundred thousand dollars? What are you going to sell? What are you going to price it at? Does the market is that is that a, you know, is is the product innovative enough to develop a market? Um, is your price point good enough to, um, you know, have somebody buy it? Um, what margins are you going to, you know, so how are you going to, if you're going to sell it at that number, where, where are you going to buy it at? Are you going to go to China? Are you going to go local? Are you going to, um, and then, then you walk through your, you know, other expenses around that. And okay, so if you want to, okay, so let's say all that's all those questions are answered. All right, if you want to move to one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars, all right, what what changes in in from year one to year two are going to have to be necessary to make that happen? Um, then to three hundred thousand, what's involved in that? Okay, and then you know again, are, are there additional salespeople you're going to have to bring on? Do you have to uh, different products? Um, and then you go back through the same thing. Is there a need for the product? Is the price point right? Um, so it's kind of interesting. I, I think as you, um, and also importantly, um, how much, in, you know, then not only your, that whole little element we're talking about is kind of a, kind of a P&L, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. An, mm-hmm. income statement. Under that is a balance sheet. How much inventory, um, how fast your customer's going to pay, um, and eventually, once you fill all that in, then, then you can, figure out how much money you're going to need to, to fund it. Um, 
and because that's a okay to go from 100 to 150 to 300 may sound great but um if you got to come up with $200,000 and you got $10,000 in your bank account and in year one you're going to make 10,000 and year two you're going to make 20,000 I mean how are you going to come up with the $200,000 right um and so to me that's all the elements of kind of a, a startup business plan um and so, you know, it's kind of funny as you as you kind of talk through a, a product. You want to see how many you're going to sell and at what price. That kind of gives you your, your sales, right? Or you put a, you know, and that so then then that generates a number of questions, I think, and hopefully some answers. Um, you know, how are you going to source source the product? Um, you know, you see a lot of those folks on Shark Tank buying stuff from China. Um, with high inventories, and you know, there's a mm-hmm. there's a plus and a minus to that, because um, you generally got to buy a lot from China. You don't have a whole lot of control of the quality unless you have an, an agent over there. Um, but the cost is really low when your margins are high, and so you know, all that should be going into that. Um, and eventually, like I said, you got to you know. You got to move from the planning side to the execution side. Um, sure. I mean, you know, so you can't spend, and that's that's why what I talk about, you know, you don't, or I feel at least, you don't want to um, spend five months planning. You don't want to do it to death. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I think we got there today. Yeah. I'm not a business plan stuff. <laughs> you said a few minutes ago, you said, I think I'm kind of floundering on this business plan stuff. But I was thinking, how would you feel if I, see if I can find a few quotes and say like good to great or something like that about business planning to kind of validate what you're saying. Sure. Okay. Okay. Because I have sort of a list of books that you uh, you said you like. You know, and I'm sure there's others. I know, you know, you're, you're a good, big reader and all that. So, at any rate, we can do that and kind of shore it up a little bit. Everybody likes to quote Sun Tzu, right? Right. Strategy without tax, tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without <laughs> tactics without strategy, strategy is the noise before defeat. So, um, tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. Is defeat is buying that that. That um that sign and and not having any strategic decision to go into signage, um, you know. So that's one of my favorites. Um, there are a bunch of good good quotes on tactics and strategy and planning. Okay, good, good. We'll we'll find a few. Yep. You know. So anyway, good, good. All right. Well, we made it through. Very good. Well, <laughs> so, I appreciate it, Denise. All right. All right. Thank so, you. Next week, does the same time look good for you? Sure. Okay. All right. So that's one thirty Texas time and 11.30 Las Vegas time. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And if you can send me um, your track changes and anything else, you know, sure. um, go ahead and do that. And, uh, you know, I know you said you want to kind of go through it once more. Yes. And um, we'll, we'll get it together and uh, keep moving forward. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.